In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. Well, welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. This is Marla Tabaka, and I'm very excited to be back on the air here at TogiNet. I've missed you all horribly, and we have a great guest to kick off our relaunch today. And so to open the show, I'd like to ask all of our listeners this question. When you think of the term leader, what comes to mind for you? Do you think of a corporate executive or a head of state or the founder of some large organization? Do you think of yourself as a leader if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you want to be a great Girl Scout troop leader, or if you're in middle management or, or you're a part of a team? Do you think of yourself as a leader then? Because you should. Our guest today believes that there are leadership abilities and capabilities within all of us. And he believes that we can lead from any position if we embrace our skills, enhance our competence, and energize our serving leadership power. Our guest today is author Hector Hernandez, and Hector has authored the book, You Don't Need Talent to Succeed, But Everything Else Counts. His book offers us eight simple yet really powerful solutions that are going to unlock your abilities to succeed in life and as a leader, no matter what your walk is in life. And so welcome to the show today, Hector. Thank you for being with us. Marla, great to be with you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate your time. Absolutely. Well, I'm really excited to discuss your your eight points and and your view of leadership. So, Hector, why don't we start by actually defining, if you would, what is a leader to you? Who falls into that, that role of leadership? Uh, great question. Uh, leadership, uh, I break leadership down into, into three sections. I, I talk about the, the lead part of the leadership. I talk about the ER, the ER, if you will, and then the ship itself. So leadership is, I look at it from the point of view of that we have some choices. We have choices of being a, a leader at every given time or hour second that we have, or we wait for someone to tell us that we are the leader. I believe that if you wait, you're missing opportunities or you're missing your chance to be, to be recognized or to be sort of looked at as the person that can solve problems. So a leader at the core is a person who influences others, but it goes, it goes beyond just sort of communicating well or having the accountability as a leader. You have to influence what I believe is people's beliefs, actions, and thoughts. If you can work on this, and we all possess 
these abilities to influence in some way or another. We just need to sort of start to shape it in our own way we communicate, in our own way that we actually uh, present ourselves. But we all have the ability. So if you can influence, you're a leader. Uh, and don't wait to be asked to be a leader. That's the whole purpose of having these unique abilities that we all possess. So leadership is influence, but it's really influence beliefs, actions, and thoughts. So it sounds to me, Hector, as though um, you're saying that we, we all have these influencing uh, abilities within us. Is that right? That, that is correct. We all possess it. We take it sometimes a little bit more passionate than others, but we all possess it. No one was, I would say, born without any leadership qualities. We all have it. We all have leadership qualities. And and so, you know, I work in, in my work, I, I, I coach female entrepreneurs. And these ladies are women who own businesses that really show the potential of achieving the million-dollar mark, the $10 million mark. I mean, they can really grow from, from the low six figures well into seven figures. And yet a lot of women in particular, and, and I'm not an expert, you know, in the, in the male leadership role, but a lot of women really hesitate to step into that leadership role because, well, for a number of different reasons, but the ones that, that I hear mostly are that they're afraid, you know, people, their employees, namely, aren't going to like them any longer if they step into that role or that it's just easier for them to do things themselves and they don't want to rock the boat and so they accept mediocre performance from their employees or their their um, contract employees and and they don't step into that leadership role to demand peak performance. Can we talk about those two limiting beliefs? Absolutely, Marla. Here's what happens. What happens is people somewhat confuse managing or being a good manager versus leadership. If you are a manager, a person who manages people, manages the organization, or leads the organization, there are subtle differences. Uh, managers are very good at what we are, what I call, you know, establishing uh, timetables. They hire, they fire, they they organize, they do certain tasks. And but there's really no there's no leadership within that management process. They they do all these things pretty well, but they don't spend a lot of time uh, aligning people, motivating people, educating, developing others. They do it sometimes because they have to, but not because. They believe that it's going to influence those three areas that I spoke about, beliefs, actions, and thoughts. So we have to be careful we don't confuse management with leadership. And I'll give you some subtle differences. A manager does a good job in organizing possibly, uh, um, maybe uh, allowing people to, to work on certain projects. But that doesn't mean that they're fostering teamwork or fostering alignment of people who communicates directions and duties well. They understand a vision. A good leader casts a vision a good leader uh, listens well, encourages, uh, it's accountable. Uh, sometimes we as managers, uh, we don't cross that leadership line. So the myth of trying to combine the two is, is not good. We have to start at leadership, and then management kicks in right after. Now, for women, uh, I believe that sometimes what happens is we spend too much time on balancing. We're trying to keep the whole ship, if you will, of the leadership running well, and we're trying to balance. Everything is equal. If you're a mom, if you're a spouse, if you're a career person, you're running a business, very difficult to balance everything. So 
the best case scenario that I try to coach, if you will, is to manage the situation, not balance the situation. I've had many moms and career women come to me after my talks and say, you know, I never thought about it as a manager, if you will, of my life and my career. I try to balance, and balance is, I, I can see where you're going, which is very difficult, so I can't keep everybody happy, the kids, the family, the husband, the, the employees. So managing is where the myth is versus balancing and then obviously the leadership part. I hope, I hope that helps. That does help. It does help, and I think it is important that um, entrepreneurs in particular, well, actually I, I suppose it applies to corporate executives as well, that they decipher between management and leadership, and I think that that's part of the problem is uh, when an entrepreneur begins their business, they, uh, especially solopreneurs, do start managing as they bring on contractors, and they don't step out of that management role into the leadership role. That, that is correct. That's right on. Yeah, yeah. So, Hector, your book, your book outlines these wonderful steps. And, and the first one that you mentioned is reaching your higher self. Uh, so talk to us about how we do that. What kinds of questions can we ask ourselves? What kinds of challenges can we present our, with, ourselves with to really, really reach that, that inner higher self? Uh, that's great. Um, one of the things that I sort of, uh, on the chapter called Reaching Your Higher Self, it's really about how do I reach my better self? You know, every day I want to be better than I used to be. And right. what, uh, one of the recommendations I give folks is tomorrow or the, when we finish with this call and this interview, try to do something out of the ordinary that people will sort of say, boy, I've never seen you do this. I never uh, really expected this from you. you. You've surprised me. Obviously, you want it to be positive. So do something out of the ordinary, and you start kicking in that better self, that reaching that higher self. I use this example in the book, very simple, but tomorrow, if you've never made the bed, for example, if you get up in the morning and you expect somebody else to make the bed, you make the bed. If you, you, don't, you don't expect them to you know, wash the dishes or pick up the kids or not stay late tomorrow at work, come in early tomorrow. Do something, out of, something that is out of the ordinary of your normal routine and you will see what happens to your, 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 your spouse or your, or your brother or your sister or your mom. Do something out of the way, and you start reaching that better self, which starts to send signals to the other person or the other team or the organization. Hey, this person is really doing some things that are really uh, out of the ordinary that I didn't expect, but at the same time, boy, that's a better, that's a better Hector. That's a better Marla. That's a better Susan, et cetera. So, Hector, it sounds to me that... Um, you're suggesting when I, when I do that that I take on more responsibility, I add work to my plate. Well, uh, you can call it work. It's really reaching a higher self. If you, uh -huh. if you believe that it is an extra task or it's something that I you know, haven't done in a while or I haven't really taken on new responsibilities because I, I, I don't believe it's my turn or it's my responsibility, that's what I'm saying, that mm -hmm. when you reach a higher self, you do something out of the ordinary that impacts the team or impacts the family or impacts your neighbors, whatever it is that you are wanting to do. It could be as simple as taking somebody's garbage out tomorrow. That, that, that could be as simple as that. That's how you start reaching a higher self. And when you do this consistently, you now become a better Hector or a better Marla, a better you, which is what I call super you. And that allows you now to bring in, it, it kicks in what I call eclipsing your desires with your thoughts. 
And it just, as you start reaching a higher self, you're now able to attract those desires or those things that you've always wanted because, in my opinion, I believe that if, if you start practicing this, the universe knows that you're trying harder, you're working harder, you're trying to become that better person, and it starts to give you clues and solutions about what you really want to do next, and it, and it starts to bring things to you automatically. That, that's uh, pretty powerful. Yeah, it is very powerful, and also stepping out and taking a little bit more risk around something is is a is a great step, I would imagine. Um, we're going to go into break here, and when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some of the other points in Hector's book. Uh, you don't need talent to succeed, but everything else counts. We'll be right back. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Bomb with Jill Hickey, Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. And we're here today with career and life-changing champion, Hector Hernandez, and Hector has written a wonderful book, You Don't Need Talent to Succeed, But Everything Else Counts. We're here and talking about his eight wonderful tips to succeed as a leader and to really explore and uncover that leader within you. If you'd like to check out Hector's website, you will find him at, Hector, what's your website? 
Thank you, Marla. It's careerandyourlife.com. All one word, A-N-D, careerandyourlife.com. Rearingyourlife.com. And Hector, you worked as years as a corporate, for years as a corporate executive with IBM and um, as a global enablement and technology executive. Is this where you got your information and your skills and your opinions on leadership? Is that, is that how you developed that? Well, you know, you say people are, are a sponge and we say, tend to say that yeah. children are sponges. I think we're always a sponge. If, if you open your mind to learning, teachers show up. It's as simple as that. If you open your mind to people who have integrity, people who have integrity show up. And I opened my mind as I was starting my career to a lot of things, and I figured out early for me, uh, I was about 26 years old, where the, the company itself was designed for you to really learn. And once I started learning, then I could contribute. And once I started contributing, then I became a problem solver. And then after I became a problem solver, it really triggered the leader, leader in me, and I got recognized over and over. So every time I start a new job or a new assignment, I would kick in these four accelerators, as I call them, learning, contributing, contributing to be able to solve problems. Then you solve problems, and people say, hey, that's a leader. He solves problems. And then I just kept getting opportunities after opportunities, and you know, it's one of those things where you just are part of a, a, an environment which fosters learning. What happens is everybody steps back and says, well, I don't have the responsibility, I don't have the title, so I'm not going to do any extra. And that's where people get hurt. We have to do things that are unexpected of you to make an investment in your future. If you do things that go out of your normal everyday routine, whether it's going reaching out to somebody, reading an extra article, uh, making an extra phone call, and you're not supposed to do those things, you now are making an investment in you and in your future. Mm. Yeah, and I'm sure that you had a lot of wonderful experience and role models and, and peers and mentors with a company like IBM as well. So I can imagine where that would have launched this career for you quite successfully. Yeah, if I can just add one little thing there, Marla. What happens is most, most of us, you know, want to find the right mentor. And what yeah. I did, and I recommend everyone does this, I believe that everybody's a mentor. Yeah. And then when you, when you actually set, cast that net across everybody, then you start sort of catching, if I can use that metaphor, the right ones for you. But everybody's a mentor at the beginning. And then once you throw that net out there, then you start sort of doing this, this mental interview of who's better or who can actually help you the best. But don't go looking around sort of looking for the right mentor. Just cast that net way out there, and then you will start attracting the ones that you believe can align with what you're thinking and where you want to go. Yeah, I really like that, and, and it speaks true to me because I believe that everyone we attract into our life uh, teaches us something, and if, if nothing else, they teach us something about our own energy because we're like magnets, and we're going to attract like kind energy into our lives. Oh, yeah. And Oh, we need to keep those eyes open, yeah. Absolutely. So we've been talking about reaching your higher self, and your next point in your book is rehearsing victory. Tell us what that means. That's, that's, a, that's a great uh, sort of, I, I use this title because I want people to not just visualize what they think they can be or where they want to go, but I really want them to really act it out. So it goes back to a little bit of the previous point. Don't wait for someone to ask you to be a leader. 
rehearse being a leader. When you're in a meeting or on a call or you're at the, you know, the Little League team or the church or the community, and obviously your, your work, where you work, you know, bring, come up with ideas that will enhance how the business is run. And that's where a lot of us sometimes we spend too much time in our own little box and we're not thinking of how what you're doing benefits the business. So you have to sort of provide clarity. So rehearsing victory is really about being ready before you have to be ready. And I use in the book a story, uh, which is the Bruce Jenner story, uh, when Bruce was in the 1976 Olympics in the uh, decathlon uh, competition, which includes about, I believe, it's seven different competitive things that they do in that decathlon, he wasn't expected to win. He was not. He was another, you know, American in the, in, the, in the running, but the Russians and the Germans and, you know, the Bulgarians were the ones who were stronger, uh, much better trained, and to the point where they're also, at that time, professionals. Uh, at that time, we had uh, amateur athletes participate so we weren't supposed to win, and he wasn't definitely supposed to do anything. He was just, you know, just uh, representing the U.S. And what he did was he actually uh, obviously trained and practiced and had great coaching, but he did something that no one else did, which is also part of it. When I say, you know, you don't need talent to succeed, but everything else counts, is those little things that are easy to do that people neglect. And he went out to the stadium, and he looked at the stadium. He ran around the stadium. He actually had the U.S. flag with him. He went to the, the actual stands where the parents would have been, been sitting uh, that next day or the, uh, the, when the competition began and really visualized and rehearsed hugging his parents. So he rehearsed what he would do if he won this contest. And the rest is history, obviously. And that story, he believes, is what really gave him the difference between the stronger athlete who didn't rehearse victory. They just did the, you know, the manual labor intensive uh, exercises that you, everybody does. But he went right. just a little bit out of the way, did something that was simple, and it really paid dividends for him. So rehearsing victory is doing things in your mind, in your thought processor, that, you, that others are not going to do but will help you uh, get to that, the edge, have the edge. Right. And it, that's a wonderful story. And, and stories like that, doing things like that, really shifts your state into that of believability and, and uh, possibilities, if you will, when you can just actually taste the victory or taste the change and really mm -hmm. feel it resonate through your whole body. And boy, does it sound like that's what Bruce Jenner did there. That's fabulous. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. And here's the four cycles, uh, Marla, that really we all need to sort of practice and rehearse. The way this works, or at least in my view, is you have a thought processor, and you can kind of guess where I get the idea of a thought processor, which is from my background in you know, information technology. Right. But we, we, if, we, if we change the way we think, the way we rehearse, the way we anticipate, the way we look at things before they happen, if you change the way you think, you will change the way you feel. If you change the way you feel, you will change your behavior. And if you change your behavior, you will change your results. And that's, a, that's the beauty of this, that all of us can do this, all of us. There's no one that was born without these abilities to just change the way you think, which is shifting your thinking. That will allow us to feel better. You feel better, your actions will be different, and then your outcome will be different. 
I love that. So it's from thought to behavior to actions to outcome. Yes. Wonderful. I love that. That's because that's so concise and easy to remember. And it is so true. It's, you know, you hear stories all the time about people who just, well, this show is the million dollar mindset. So I hear it all the time. (laughs) It's perfect. I love the title. Thank you. And it really is about just stepping into that place of feeling it. And when you begin to feel it, your behavior does change and your actions do change and that outcome can be whatever you desire. I I don't uh, hold anything at bay or is impossible. It's Mm -hmm. wonderful. Wow. It's not about talent. It's not about talent. It's about everything else, those little things that we can do that are easy to do. See, what happens is we don't commit to the easy things. We neglect the easy things. And when you start neglecting the easy things, it starts to choke us. And once yeah. we start doing that over and over, we start choking ourselves, and that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. And then those easy things that we're neglecting are turning into a bigger pile of stuff that oh just becomes gosh. overwhelming. Yeah. Yes. And they're also easy not to do. That's the, that's the problem, is that the yeah. easy things that I'm talking about are easy, also easy not to do. Yep. Returning emails promptly. And oh, those wow. Things. Perfect. Right? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, you know, in in the write-up that I did, because we we had a conversation last week, Hector, that that struck me where you you made a comment about, um, you know, leadership abilities being within everyone. And I know that we're talking a lot about corporate executives and business owners here, but, you know, we have stay-at-home parents and um, people, even teens in school who aren't necessarily in categorized into the the role of the classic leader. But these leadership qualities are important in those roles as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Marla, here's, let me go back to the one of the things that I said earlier, that I break leadership into three sections. There's the ship part, there's the lead part, and then there's the er, the lead-er. The ship is what I'm talking about being, what ship are you leading? Is it your family ship? Is it your little league team ship? Is it your church ship? Is it your community? Is it your department? Is it your organization? Is it an enterprise where you have hundreds of people reporting to you? Is it a small business? So the ship is whatever it is you're trying to lead. But the great news is that the, the lead or part of the leadership word works for any ship. So the lead, the L-E-A-D, is what I call good listening, Practice your listening skills, then you become a better leader. Encourage others, that's the E, encourage others. Find the good in everything. There are some things that we have to say to people that, hey, you didn't do this correctly, you didn't follow directions, you were late. All those things are important, but always find something good that you can say at the end of that reprimension. Then the A is, I'm an accountable person. Uh, People who work for leaders love accountability, and that's an important part of the lead. And then the D which a lot of us sometimes don't find time for, but we have to, whether it's through a phone call, an email, a web, lo- web link, is the developing of other people. We have to develop others. You're not going to be an effective leader if you don't develop others. And then the yeah. E and the R is that you have actually earned the right. After you apply the lead, the listening, encouraging, accountability, and developing others, you earn the right, and people keep giving you the right. The more you do... The L-E-A-D, the more rights you get, the more... You you sum that up so beautifully. We're going to go into another break and talk about that more in just a minute. All right.
unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. I love it. Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen know it. Join these soul sisters on toginet.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. Showcases two sides. One, to help entrepreneurs showcase their products and tell their story of their happily ever after. And two, to interview people who have realized their own fairy tale and doing something to benefit others. This show is here to help folks who have an idea and want to get it off the ground, as well as to inspire people to make the world a better place by doing something extraordinary or out of the box to help others. Both of these entrepreneurs have their own businesses and websites. With more information on their passions and successes, first for Debbie, FairytaleWishesInc.com. And for Deanna, TheNextBigZing.com. Believe in your fairy tale to make your zing come true. With the Soul Sisters, Debbie Glickman and Deanna Cohen on Toginet.com. Now, this Saturday morning, we're going to count them down one more time from number 40 all the way to number one with the official classic hits countdown, the American Rock and Roll Countdown. We'll count down the biggest hits of the 70s with interviews and artist information, news, weather, sports, you name it, we'll have it this Saturday morning, 9 o'clock Eastern, right here on Toginet for the American Rock and Roll Countdown. The American Rock and Roll Countdown on Toginet. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And we're here today with career and life-changing champion and author of You Don't Need Talent to Succeed, But Everything Else Counts, Hector Hernandez. Going into break, we're talking about if you listen, encourage, find the good, be accountable, develop others, then you've earned the right to be a leader. I love that, Hector. That's just uh, so, again, you have this this uh, wonderful talent for making things very concise and, and believable and easy to remember. Um, talk a little bit more about that. That's so fun. Thank you, Marla. I appreciate the, the kind words. Uh, if I take the word ship and I look at the S and I look at the H and the I and the P, Remember what we're trying to do. We're trying to be a leader, not just a good manager or a great manager. We're trying to trigger leadership qualities. Uh, a manager typically wants to finish, you know, task well, wants to make sure the projects are finished on time. And we lose, as managers, we lose the, the connotation of, okay, am I really leading or managing? So the ship is where people need to really focus on because uh, this is where the S, the H, and the I, P kick in. The S is there are two types, two types of leaders, not styles of leadership. There are about five different styles of leadership, but two types. One is a serving leader, and the other one is what we call a power leader, a person that does things with power. And we've seen it from politics to corporate office to husbands to wives to children, et cetera, et cetera. So the S is a serving, and the P is the power. In the middle is the H and the I. And what I'm trying to say here is that the H is a serving leader doesn't really mind asking for help. So the H is, hey, I need to ask my team, I need to ask my family, I need to ask my community, 
hey, help me. I don't get this whole thing. I know that I'm behaving, uh, hopefully, as a leader, and I'm serving everyone, but I need help. So a power leader usually does things their own way. Uh, if they do ask for help, they're sort of faking way, their way through it. Uh, they're acting like they, the team is, is important. But power, remember the word power. I am controlling. I am going to do it my way. So serving says asking for help. The I says I can now influence. And I go back to the word influence. And influence is a key word because if I ask for help, I'm now influencing people where they're saying to themselves in their own mind, boy, this person really has no ego. This person really is wanting the team to contribute, wanting the, the children to have their opinion, wanting to have the, you know, the business employees having their opinion. So at the end of the day, the S, the H, the I, and the P, in my, in my view, stands for this. Serving has influence on people. Serving leadership has influence on people. And that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to influence people. Without people, we're not going to move forward. Regardless, and I come from technology, how many versions of the Internet we have, people is what makes everything work. You're still going to need to influence people, uh, and that's an important aspect of, that, of leadership. So then do you feel coming from the serving leadership uh, type I'm sorry, is this yeah. a type or a staff mm-hmm. type? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, garners better results than coming from the power? Yes. And, and again, if you are practicing the, li- the listening part, the encouraging part, the accountability and developing others, it does, add, it does, it does give you uh, better results. If you're practicing listening, encouraging, accountability as a power leader, you tend to have the control and people will – I mean, I've had managers, I didn't call them leaders, managers where I've tried to avoid. And that's the worst situation you could have. If you have a person that is your manager or the person that runs an organization and you as an employee are trying to avoid that person, that is the worst nightmare for an organization. That is very counterproductive. And power leading works uh, when, when you have a situation where you are not getting possibly a, a, the response you're looking for, but power leadership nine times out of ten will be a failure. Uh, we've seen it in the politics. We've seen it in family environments where you're forcing people to do things. You're controlling people. At the end of the day, Marla, uh, the serving leadership pays more dividends than any type of power leadership. Right, right. Okay, I like that. And so another one of your points, Hector, is I think we've already talked about feeding your thought processor, and I enjoyed that. Um, Shifting your thinking, we talked a little bit on that. Is is there something more we need to explore there? Well, it's a a great chapter in the book because, see, we're waiting for change to happen outside of us. And all we have to do inside of us is shift our thinking. Uh, the wind is going to be out there, right? The wind's not going to change. Governments are not going to change. Uh, prices in, in our stores are not going to change. What we have to do is figure out how do we shift so we can adjust to what's happening around us. So when I say shifting your thinking is you, you, you really are wishing to be better than you used to be. And I have a story, if I could say the story on yeah. shifting your thinking, if that's possible. Sure, absolutely. Please share. Okay, I was coming out of Cincinnati Airport uh, uh, probably about a year and a half ago, and I'm coming out through security, 
And there's a gentleman there who I immediately looked at, and I knew he was like a shoeshine person. And he said to me, hey, man, would you like a, a shoeshine? And I said, uh, well, let me see here. Do I have time? Sure, I'll take a shoeshine. So I walked towards his stool where he actually does the shoeshine. I got up on the chair, and I put both of my feet there on the little thing that they have. And I asked him a question. I said, how's your day going? He says, oh, my day's been good today. And I said, okay, how was yesterday? He said, oh, yesterday was terrible. I had a terrible day yesterday. Things did not work out. And he said, hey, listen, I don't, I, I, you want a 550 or 650 shine? And I said, what's the difference? He said, the difference is for 650, I will do a spit shine, a real, real good shine for you. And I said, for 550? He says, well, it'll be good, but it won't be as good as I do it for 650. I said, interesting. I said, uh, you know, when I was coming out of the, um, of the security there in the airport, would you mind if I gave you a couple of suggestions of how to shift the way you present yourself? He says, yeah, go ahead. So he, I said to him, you know, when I was coming out, you said, hey, man, would you like a shoe shine? And I said, you know, if you would say this, just say this, sir, would you like your shoe service? He says, whoa, that's amazing. That's pretty good. I said, remember when I asked you what your prices were and what you had to provide? He said, you gave me a 550, 650. I said, you know, if you actually present the 650 by saying, sir, for 650, I will detail your shoes. <laughs> you kept sort of being surprised that I would be offering these simple things that allows him to shift the way he thinks. And I said, you know, what's the name of your business? He says, well, I really don't have a name. I just call it the shoe shine. He says, well, I said, from this point on, it's going to be called a red carpet shoe shine. I want you to go out to Walmart, buy yourself a little red carpet in, for three bucks. And when I, before I step on the stool, you say, sir, here we put the red carpet off for you. Ooh, That's shifting your thinking. Ooh, yeah, that is a good story. It's simple. Anybody can do this, Marla. Anybody can do this. We don't exercise it enough. The more you shift, the more ideas will come up. And I tell people all the time, you want to make money, you want to be promoted, come up with ideas. And you think everybody has the creative, you know, right brain thinking in place to come up with ideas like this? No doubt about it. They may not be as good as mine or as good as yours, but they can come up with those ideas. No doubt about it. So, okay, so I'm going to push back a little bit just because sure. it's, it's fun. Um, I know a lot of people who believe that they don't have that power, that they don't have that creativity. They're very linear in their thought process. What are some things that people who have that belief can do to, to access this right brain thinking and these ideas? Well, kidding around is, is obviously get a shoe shine, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, on the red carpet. <laughs> right. But, you know, you know, there's some there's the ability to be able to look at something and say, how can I do it better or how can I shift? I'll give you an example as easy as tomorrow morning or tonight or whenever you get home, look at the way you have your furniture in your house and look at the sofa or the couch or the table, night table or the the coffee table, whatever you have, and start moving those items around to see if you find a better way to get around the house and watch TV. A lot of us have had the sofa in the same spot for 10 years. Uh, I know my parents have. And you can just start using your mind to start shifting the way things look and the way they feel, and then you'll start getting into a different zone where you start coming up with more ideas. This will not happen in a week. This, there has to be, and I call this the 30, 60, 90, which is the 30-day, 60-day, 90-day plan, which says, what am I going to do to shift in the next 30 days? If I make it to the 30 days and I have some new ideas, some new ways that I can present myself, whether it's my communications, my presentation, maybe I made one extra phone call 
for a job interview. Maybe I went one, I went home a different way that I've never gone before, and I didn't even know these business existed. And I've shifted my thinking where I can see, wow, I didn't even know this building was here. I didn't even know this company was here. And I tell students of mine all the time, I say, go home today a different way. It's just one day, and you will see what you discover. Get off the bed. When you wake up in the morning, get off on the wrong side, not the same side that you've always got off on. Get off on the wrong side. See how uncomfortable that feels, but you'll see things. Uh, that you've never seen before, your brain will start to shift. Yeah. So to just push ourselves outside of our our comfort zone, if you will, a little bit to start that more expansive thought process. Absolutely. And your commitment is different. Your confidence starts to build up. Uh, I, I relate confidence to commitment. A lot of us don't make enough commitment throughout the day, and our confidence is not as high as it should be. It can be, but not as high as it should be because commitments are sort of, well, whatever, I'll do it tomorrow, uh, I'll do it next week, uh, I'll call them later, uh, I won't answer my cell phone because I don't like the person. By the way, the person that you don't answer the phone for is, is, is looking forward to talking to you. So how, how can we commit to, and this is going to sound like a kind of a funny backwards question, um, how can we commit to those commitments to ourselves? How can we hold ourselves to those commitments? Because, you know, I mean, New Year's Eve is just such a perfect example of all the commitments that we make to ourselves, and then they fall through the cracks. Is, do you have any guidance on that? Yes. The, you're relating to promises, not commitments. Uh-huh. Promises and commitments is different. I can promise you anything and break my promise. Commitment, at least from my viewpoint, has dates, has times and you actually writing things down, you know that tomorrow at 2, you've got to call this person. Pretend, pretend or imagine that tomorrow is going to be the greatest day you've ever had, but you have to follow through everything you said you were going to do. You can't leave it for the next day or I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow, when you wake up, every appointment or every phone call or, or people that you've never called before, commit to calling them. See what happens to your life. You, commit, you immediately start shifting, and you, you do this, let's say twice a week, because a lot of people can't do this every day. I tend to do it almost every day. Uh, Reach out to people you haven't reached out to and commit to doing it. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be shy. Don't be scared. Oh, I haven't talked to them in months. It's okay. Reach out to them. Leave them a message. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to start at a, you know, with with lower, um, I don't want to say lower level, but with smaller commitments, just little little things. We don't have to start with the major things. We are, believe it or not, ready to go into break again. This is going so quick because I'm having so much fun here. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Great to be with so you. start with small commitments and, and live up to them today. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Get ready to laugh along with this little parent stayed home with Ali Lopreet. Friday evenings at 6, 5 central on Togenet.com. 
This is a truly realistic, no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is method that will have you laughing and crying, surviving while struggling, and hammering away at the hardships as you travel through the greatest journey of your life. Get empowered by joining thousands of other parents who have also decided to take a leap of faith into a double career with longer hours and half the pay simply because of the love they have for their children. Together, we are rebuilding a new economy that will support us rather than enslave us. Never again will we have to choose between raising our children and earning to provide for them. It won't be easy, but it will be worth it. For more on Allie and her success, check out her website, OurMilkMoney.com. So come get empowered with This Little Parent Stayed Home with Allie Lopri. Friday afternoons at 6, 5 Central on Toginet.com. Hi everybody, this is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear these latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. And we're here today with career and life-changing champion and author Hector Hernandez. If you're interested in checking out this wonderful book that we've been chatting about today, you can go to Hector's website at careerandyourlife.com, all one word, career and your life, and learn more about these great um, eight tips that Hector has to offer to really unlock that leader within you. Hector, I like you know what we were talking about in the last segment and starting small. I always call it, I refer to it as stair-stepping. If something isn't achievable or believable to you in this moment, to start smaller and really stair-step your way up, and that's okay because, you know, right, we can, we can climb to that, that, the leadership within us, whether we use the staircase or the escalator, but the destination can be the same, right? Marla, you're right on. Uh, you know, everything starts small, and you can sort of look at the way human beings have progressed over a period of time. You know, obviously, uh, all the things that we have around us, uh, from, you know, the wind, the electricity, uh, communications, all those things have always been around. We just discovered them over a period of time. The same goes with our success and our abilities. Uh, you have to, you know, sort of push forward with a small idea or a small uh, action that you may do that you've never done before. Like tomorrow, get off on the wrong side of bed. I mean that. That sounds so ridiculous, but I mean that. Do that tomorrow and see how you feel and go home a different way. You will see, you will see things you've never seen before. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm one of those people that never likes to park in the same spot twice and never likes to go to the coffee shop <laughs> in the morning good. the same way twice, you know. That's good. That's good. And it is. It's it's wonderful because you see new things, you have new awarenesses. You have to stay here's what I love about it is you really have to stay more alert. It keeps you in the present. 
Oh, very good. Very well said. And you see, you want to stretch yourself. A lot of us, uh, our brains, our minds, our ideas, our, our, our careers have somewhat stayed in a, in a spot. And it's like a muscle. It, you know, I think that success is like a muscle. You have to exercise it. You have to stretch it. And once it begins to stretch, you will see that it does stretch. It's designed. You're designed for success. Every person is designed for success. I love John Wooden's quote. He says, ability is a poor man's wealth. So it doesn't matter if you're poor. You're still pre-packed, pre-loaded with all the abilities that you need for success. It doesn't matter where you came from. Ability is a poor man's wealth. Ability is a heavy person's wealth. Ability is a skinny person's wealth, an ugly person. doesn't matter. You were preloaded with all of these abilities that you're not using. Yeah, yeah, and that is so true. And I think, too, a lot of that comes with recognizing that and recognizing your quality and the importance of those qualities within you. I was uh, with a friend this past weekend, and we were going through um, – a book on on law of attraction, Jack Kenfield's uh, book, and he, you know he asks questions in there. And one of the questions was, "What what are your most significant um, and treasured qualities?" And you know it's hard to sit there, no matter how evolved you are. It's really hard to sit there and list your qualities. But I think it's a practice that all of us should do. I agree with you. You know, we all have something to offer. Sometimes we're not asked to offer it. But I love the word, and this is a word that's missing in our lower-level education and even middle school and high school, It's the word potential. We never remind our children or remind our students that they have potential. You were not put on this earth just to walk around. You have potential. And I'm here as a teacher, a coach, etc., to unlock that for you because I know for a fact that you have potential. There's no doubt in my mind. Even the bad guys have potential to be better. You know, that's the idea. So what are some of the steps that a person who hasn't in the past really been ready to embrace that knowledge or really acknowledge their potential, what are some of the steps that that person can take to start being more aware of their potential? Sure. Uh, This is not my formula, and I can't recall right now. I know John Maxwell uses this formula, and he says, that because he's used it so many times, he's now calling it his. So I'm going to use this, say this is also Hector's formula, because I've used this many times. And the formula goes like this, and I'll try to break it down for the audience here, is E plus R divided by L equals O. And let me explain that. E is an event that happens to us in our lives, whatever the event is. Every day there's something happening, and there's events happening. You know, somebody gets sick, somebody gets a reward, somebody gets recognized, you're late. These are all events. What we are not very good at or we don't try to be better at is the response. Well, how do we response, respond to those events? So the R is the response we give to those events. The L, which I divide event plus R divided by L, that's the leadership, your listening ability, your encouraging ability, your accountability uh, the development of others, being a serving leader, those things that I've talked about in the, in the last few minutes. And then the O says that if you work on your response, your outcome will be different. Your results will be different. That's what we don't work at. The events are going to be there. You can't stop the events. But if we're able to enhance the way we respond to the event, which is what I call divide that by the leadership in, in us, your outcomes will be different. Again, 30, 60, 90-day plan 
and applying these things. That's how you start to really evolve as an individual, and the people around you will evolve too because they will see that you are applying uh, some things that will help them as well. Mm-hmm. So when we say responding to events, um, can you give us an example of, of how to shift the way you respond to something and what that might be? Yeah, I, I mean, it's as simple as I, I'm not happy with the way you acted today. I had the teacher call me today, or I, had, I am not happy the way our customers called us. I am not happy the way you responded. Uh, if I understand it, this is the way, this is what happened. Can you validate that if you're talking to a child or you're talking to an employee? Can you validate this? The employee may say, nope, that's not exactly what happened, and then you gather the information, and then you kick in your leadership qualities, listening, encouraging, being accountable, and then developing others. If every moment we have with a child or an employee is educational, if the employee is not getting it or they're being stubborn or they're actually being defensive, like children are sometimes, then it's a moment to educate. You don't go and attack or you don't go and battle that. You kick in your leadership qualities, which I just talked about. You're trying to serve. So serving says, okay, how do I educate this employee? How do I educate my child that what they're doing is not the right way? So you responded to that event, whether it's the customer or whether it's the coach in the little league or the teacher. Let me educate on what is the proper response in case this happens again. Mm-hmm. I like that, and to really keep our response in check and ask ourselves before we respond, you know, am I, am I being the leader? Am I honoring the leader within me? But we need to coach that. You know, we mm-hmm. need, there are people who have a great abilities, but they're not being coached. They're not being right. shaped to become that better person, that better than they used to be. Not a new Hector or a new Marla, but a better Hector. So if you mm-hmm. work on the response, you become better. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and um, and people do. I I believe we're finding more and more people who are open to that kind of coaching and ready to become a better and higher self. Yeah, uh, and the and the reason is Marla is because what they've been working is not uh, is not okay. exponentially. People are looking for the exponential result. They can't wait till tomorrow. Oh, thirty days. Forget it. I can't wait thirty days. We're living in an instant instant society. All of these social networks and all of these communications yeah. capabilities, it's like I want it now, and if I can't afford it, I'll use my credit card. We right. have to, I'm sorry, we have to step back and sort of say, okay, what is the response? Am I going to use my credit card, or it's not, this is not the way to, to do this? Uh, what other avenues can I take to satisfy my request? Yeah, and that's so true, looking at the, the outcome or right. the consequences, That's whatever right. you want to call it. I like the word outcome that lies ahead of us with the, two, with the several different paths that we can take and really choosing the path that's going to be for the highest good for all concerned. That's right. Really important. We probably have just a couple minutes left here in the show, so let's cover one more bullet. Um, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a look at this one because it's, it's intriguing me. Number one and number two, do not disturb. <laughs> that's a great one. Uh, that's a great one. Thank you for highlighting that. Uh, he, here's where this comes from. I'm saying that we all have many, many things that are important to us in our lives. Obviously, we hope that most people would think family or maybe their re- religious beliefs, uh, their careers, maybe their work. Uh, you know, family, I'm including children, husbands, mothers, all those things. So I'm saying in that chapter is that 
I'm saying be very careful once you choose what your number one and number two is. I'm recommending that you do not disturb that because I give you the right to change, alter, move around number three, number seven, number 100. If I like number 100 to be number four in my life, go ahead, four. But be careful when I'm number one, number two. And in the book, obviously, I highlight Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods flipped number one and number two, and it's costing him a lot. And a lot of us flip number one and number two. There's only one number one. For a while in my life, when I was trying to get my career going, I always thought that I could get away with a 1.2, 1.3, you know, 2.1. <laughs> There's no such thing. When, once you decide what number one, number two is, be very careful. Do not disturb. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And and how, you know, a lot of people, we're talking values here. A lot of people really aren't aware of what their top values are. What's your process? How do you help people become aware of those? Very good question. You know, values and principles are something that you have to commit to. I go back to that yeah. word. And when things happen in your life where you're going to respond in a certain way, just check yourself with a value system. Whatever that value system is, where there's, you know, honesty, integrity, credibility, family, whatever it is, just go back to that mental list. And sometimes we have like 15 value. That's not good. That's too many to keep track of. Right. Do three. Do maybe five. No more than five. And every time I'm going to respond, depending on the situation, you say, what is my principles or values that I have believe that I am going to stick with? It's a commitment. You cannot waver from this. You cannot get away from it. It's a commitment. Not saying that on Tuesday I'm going to be honest and on Wednesday I don't think I'm going to be honest. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Those are also leadership, going back to your theme today, leadership. Leaders have a value system that they don't waver. Uh, and sometimes it's, we have to give people the wrong, you know, they're not going to be happy every time. But th that's, that's part of the value system I have and I have adopted. So if I have to give you bad news, it's because my value system is so committed that I have to tell you, hey, you did not do a good job today. Yeah, very important point. Hector, this has just been delightful. Thanks for joining us here on the Million Dollar Mindset. And, uh, again, people can find you at careerandyourlife.com. We've really enjoyed having you here today, Hector. Thank you. Marla, thank you so much for your time. I wish you success and everyone in your audience. Thank you very much thank for having me. Thank you as well. Bye-bye, Hector. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka from Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just weren't sure how to get there, and if you've always